0: 2020 has forced and facilitated change and the need to be adaptable in nearly every aspect of our work and lives. And it's quite clear that that adaptation to change shows no sign of abating just yet. I'm joined again by Ed Santana. So Ed, what have we got in store?
1: All right, so from what we've heard in season one, Uh, I think we can group what our guests have told us into two broad categories. Number one is customer facing, how our interactions and engagement with customers is changing. And then the second one is internal facing, how we communicate, collaborate, and learn from each other. And then how we get used to a fast pace of change.
0: The conversation we had in episode two between you and Azzy Aslam around training our brains for virtual selling was all about that. And as he made a really good introduction to the challenge.
1: When we're actually in this virtual world, the, the, the one thing we're not getting from the other side is we're not seeing the whole person. And I mean, and, and I literally mean the whole person, as in you're not seeing this individual sat right in front of you. When we sat in front of people face to face in real life, you know, every sense that you have is picking up subliminal information. So things that you do, things that you say, how you say things, your whole body language. So, so rapport building starts before the this virtual meeting and continues afterwards and you're not even there. Absolutely. Um, and on this point about virtual meeting, Bob Horn in episode five, he used the term meetingless selling. I thought that was really interesting. He was talking about the challenge of building relationships when you're not able to meet face to face and and you are not able to do the usual social things, having a beer, having a coffee, having dinner, meeting at a golf course.
0: It really brings to mind the conversation with Azi when we talked about needing to rethink what we really mean by rapport in business and link to that, thinking about the topic of cadence in communications, so, selling more virtually really gives us an opportunity to rethink and remodel a lot of that. So, for instance, the ability to meet customers more frequently but for shorter periods of time, the ability, arguably, to bring together more stakeholders on a single call to really get alignment. I think it you know it brings out different opportunities in how we engage and, and how we converse that we need to really rethink and think about what's truly valuable to our customers here.
1: Yeah, and this reminds me of episode four, where Paul here from Visible, he talked about how their customers had to pivot and do things very differently, very quickly. Um, so it means that, they themselves needed more help from their partners and Visible had to really hold their customer's hand uh, and and guide them through completely uncharted territory. And then Jude Mott from Virtual One, she highlighted the same point in episode three.
0: Yeah, I think Jude really talked through that loop really clearly. So in the early days of the pandemic, we saw lots of companies putting in Um, quick solutions, often consumer grade, but knowing that wasn't really for the long term, it was just quick to get things moving. And companies do that all the time. It's not really COVID specific. Companies are always putting in a quick solution to kind of see how things go. But the things that are really critical, they then go back around that loop and make sure that what they've got is really business grade. So secure, resilient, scalable, and, and so on. And I think Jude really talks about the importance of being aligned to help customers through those loops. And particularly talked about the importance of product management and marketing, working closely with the customer facing and sales teams to make sure they align that value.
1: And then you really cannot support your customers through change without truly understanding their businesses and their challenges. Paul Paul and Bob both mentioned how consultative selling is now even more critical than ever. So you really need to understand the customer's needs, their pain points, need to really get to know them a lot more, a lot more than perhaps some of us have been used to. Uh, And then Gary Schwartz, he, he also talked about how important it is to focus on value for customers. Um, He shared with us a very interesting story about the multiple stakeholders that TransferVR helps in their mission to bring more trained workers into more highly skilled and higher value jobs. Um, And these stakeholders, they are truly diverse, including employers, local governments, education institutions, job seekers, and they all have very different needs and very different expectations from TransferVR services.
0: Yeah, you know, I've known Gary for quite some time and he's always been a real proponent of nobody cares about your product. They care what it does for them. And I think that example was a really great case in point. And, and also you and Azzy talked about this when we discussed the need to be more precise and focused in your meetings with customers as well.
1: Indeed. Uh, and look, it's all very well. We need to help customers navigate change. But we are going through change ourselves. So, for example, Paul Uh, of Visible is a great case in point. He had to truly support their customers, but Visible themselves were also in the middle of a very important pivot. They were moving from being a provider of in-person event software to doing virtual, virtual events instead.
0: Good point. We heard a lot too about the importance of collaboration, both from Paul and from others that need to share and understand more um, across the business, having really regular check ins. Paul and Bob both talked about their frequency of check ins being almost draconian, but really essential to keeping everybody on message, aligned, upbeat, et cetera. And that piece around being supported by your teammates was really critical. And Bob made the point about character really showing through when things get tough. And I think all of that comes around to thinking about trust and that's something again that I'm going to be covering more of in season 2 coming up.
1: Yes, and in episode 1, Jamie and Lauren, they mentioned the importance of leading change at a board level. Jamie in particular stressed that sometimes change feels like a big challenge, uh, but we really should not worry about it. You know, change isn't forever. Uh, Think of it as something that is impacting only the next 12 months, and then you probably have to change again and again and again. So really, the message was, let's embrace change and just get rid of, of the fear.
0: And that really came to the fore when we were talking about virtual sales kickoffs in episode six, because there was no option but to change. You know, The idea of the physical sales kickoff, two or three days, everybody crammed together in a hotel, all very intensive, just simply was not possible. And still, actually, at the time of recording this, isn't really possible in most places. But just shifting that onto a virtual platform and having everybody sit on Zoom for two or three days just is not an option. So all three of our guests in that episode talked about the advantages as well as the challenges of running their sales kickoffs virtually. So Jasmine Jackson Irwin of Circle CI described how they had to completely reimagine their 2020 uh, kickoff to be virtual and, and now are planning their 2021 kickoff and the things that they really need to factor in there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, And one of the points Jasmine raised was that it changes the budget and how you spend it, right? So, For instance, savings on hotels and travel can be partially used on something else. You could invest in providing your employees with more comfort and a better experience of working from home, just as as an example. She also highlighted the point about the structure of the event itself. So instead of trying to, you know, quote unquote, force everyone to consume all the information within those traditional two or three very intensive days, they have actually spread the content out over two weeks and across different media. So, and then there is that balance, right, between providing synchronous versus asynchronous type of content.
0: I think this is where there's a huge opportunity and giving people time to absorb the recorded content in their own time and in their own time zones as well, really helped in Jasmine's case to facilitate learning and to particularly it's useful for non-native english speakers to be able to go at their own pace i think for circle c i it also allowed the time when people really got together live in real time to be more focused on collaboration and to tackle some of the more unique or challenging problems and opportunities Rather than sit and absorb. And they also went to some effort to make sure that those experiences were a bit different to the normal working environment. So let's hear a little bit from Jasmine here. What do in person events look like after this? And I I think I can say with relative certainty for CircleCI that we will probably maintain some blend of in person and digital learning for our kickoffs moving forward. I think orders of magnitude when your team is growing and when you have a really distributed global team, I I think it's just gonna make sense for, for everybody.
1: Okay, excellent. So I think this brings us really nicely to a good point in which to close this mini episode. It's great to see how the extremes of going virtual are driving behavioral change that will be long lasting. So look, let's hope that the positives out of this really stick. and and then we'll end up with a more blended and hybrid way of working.